Well, today it's pretty easy to see what I'm going to talk about, signs of the times. And hopefully from the slideshow you get a feel for the usefulness of signs, what they do, give us warnings of things ahead. And sometimes signs aren't, aren't always as obvious as the ones we've seen. Sometimes they're verbal, such as a parent warning a child or that something is hot or not to get stray away too far. When we're driving, sometimes we see the traffic begin to slow down and we slow down ourselves in anticipation of stopping. The tone of someone's voice is another sign to become alert. Dark clouds in the sky, a fever, an injured warning light, whistles, bells, horns, a growling or a barking dog, and even Jesus' words can be warnings that we should heed. Now, can bad things happen if we fail to notice the signs and warnings that we see? Of course. But hopefully we're all alert to those signs because if we fail to be alert of the signs, bad consequences can certainly happen. Now today our message is going to be from Matthew 24, but you can also find similar type message in Mark 13 and Luke 17. Let's go to Mark 24, verse 1. Jesus came out from the temple and was going away when his disciples came up to point out the temple buildings to him. And he said to them, Do you not see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone here will be left upon another which will not be torn down. The disciples, when they heard this, do you think they believed Jesus' warnings that this beautiful temple they saw would someday be destroyed? Well, in 1978, March, I was standing on the top floor of one of the twin World Trade Center buildings, looking out at all the view, Statue of Liberty. If someone had come up to me and told me that in 23 years that building was going to be nothing but a pile of rubble, I would have thought them to be totally foolish. But 23 years later, on September 11th, 2001 those twin towers were nothing but a pile of rubble and mixed with them were 2,713 bodies and just as Jesus warned his disciples in 70 AD Herod's temple was destroyed completely destroyed by the Roman army and not a single stone remained in its original place you know, it isn't always easy to see signs and warnings, and sometimes it's even more difficult to heed them. But if you do not, bad things can occur. Verse 3 said, As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came up to him privately, saying, Tell us when these things will happen, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to him, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. Now Jesus' first warning is that many will declare themselves to be the Messiah or try to act and imitate like him. Imitate him. And history has shown us that men have done this throughout the ages. They've tried to make themselves gods. To begin with Julius Caesar, Adolf Hitler's example. Charles Manson, 
And even today, there's people in churches who have replaced God's word with their own word. Cults exist in large congregations. They follow charlatan preachers who disgrace the word of God for their own purposes. The sad part of this, about this, is it's not, not going to get any better. It's only going to get worse. People follow these false leaders because it suits their own purposes and their lifestyles. Verse 6 says this, says, Jesus is speaking again. He says, you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See to it that you're not frightened. For these things must take place, but that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. So Jesus also warns us not to be afraid when we hear the rumors of wars and actual wars. You know, in our, the last 20 or 30 years we know, we're very familiar with that. He says nations and kingdoms will always oppose each other. They will oppose each other over things like politics power and even religion we see this all across the world today and even this year in America as we face pandemic, racial social and political issues Jesus also warns us of earthquakes and famines where one leads to the other and earthquakes are happening everywhere even in rare places where they've never happened in recorded history. An example, on September the 5th of this year, there were 17 earthquakes registering 2.5 or larger worldwide, 17 in one day. And there were two in Texas, one on the 4th and one on the 5th. And since 1952, which happened to be a year before I was born, there have been five earthquakes registering 9.0. There were two in Chile. Ignacio mentioned he was there when one of them occurred. One in Alaska, one in Indonesia, and one in Japan. Now, to give you an example, an earthquake of 9.0 compared to an earthquake of 7.0, and usually we're thinking of massive earthquakes at 6.0, an earthquake of 9.0 is 100 times greater than a 7.0 and 1,000 times greater than a 6.0. So these are massive earthquakes. Also, from earthquakes, they cause landslides, mudslides, tsunamis. From 2000 to 2015, there have been a total of 801,629 lives lost due to the effects of earthquakes. Famines. The United Nations warned on Friday, March the 10th, that 20 million people face the threat of famine in Ni just in these four countries, Nigeria, South Sudan, Somalia, and Yemen. And the, the world is facing the worst, this is what the uh, UN nation said, the world is facing the worst humanitarian crisis in which the UN has intervened since the UN was founded in 1945. According to UN statistics, 144 million malnourished children, 85% of them are in countries involved in war. 
from 2000 to 2016, there have been 3,061,850 deaths due to famine. Verse 8, Matthew 24 says this, But all these things are merely the beginnings of birth pangs. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations because of my name. You know, Jesus also warns that the previous things we saw back in verses 6 and 7, that they were just, they weren't the worst to come. It's just the beginning of something much worse. He compares this, that situation to the situation he's speaking of to birth pains. And I would imagine any mother here would tell you that the birth pains before birth are much, much, much milder than the ones of the actual childbirth. Here Jesus not only warns his disciples, but also us, the ones who have not prepared for these signs or not paying attention to them, that persecution and even death will be the result when a real tribulation time comes. Verse 10, Jesus is continuing speaking. He says, At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and will lead many. Excuse me, will mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Jesus tells us that near and during the time of tribulation, People will turn against each other in hatred and betrayal. This sounds a lot like today's U.S. politics. Again, Jesus refers to those who lead others away from the truth of the gospel. In 1 John 4, verses 1 through 3, he also warns and describes false prophets. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you've heard that is coming, and now is already in the world. Also, Matthew seven fifteen. Through 16a says this beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves you will know them by their fruits and there's five signs of false prophets and it's easy to look at many televangelistic uh, ministries and see these things right in front of your eyes one is to preach the prosperity to preach prosperity instead of the gospel. That anybody think of someone like that? Second one is to refuse to call out sin. Yeah, we're all okay. You're all okay. Don't believe in hell or repentance. 
Folks, if there's no hell, there's no heaven. Fourth, don't believe, uh, don't believe that Jesus is the only way. There's many ministers I've heard that I would never have heard them say that they believe there's a lot of ways to heaven. Fifth, don't believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. It means the Bible could be wrong. Maybe I'm right instead of the Bible. Today our airways and pulpits have many false prophets making all kinds of false claims. They're heretical. They're abusers. They divide. They speculate. And they tickle your ears. What you want to hear. They manipulate you. They lie to you. They trick you. They destroy with thoughts only of their own personal agenda. The truth, if it accidentally occurs, is purely accidental. Teaching God's word is only a ploy for their own personal gain. They may or may not know that they're serving Satan, but they are. And regardless of their smooth talk, they're false prophets. However, they're also pastors who teach and preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. And the false prophets stay away from that message like it's the plague. Now Jesus tells us also that lawlessness will increase. Kind of reminds me of today. And as a result, love for our fellow man and woman will decrease. I wish this wasn't true. But every day the headlines scream it. But Jesus tells us that those who hold on to the truth of the gospel will not perish. When he speaks of the gospel reaching the whole world, we know that was one of the last commands that Jesus said to go and share the gospel with the world. I don't think mankind will ever make that, will include that, will make that completion. But in Revelations 14, Verses 6 through 7, an angel declares the gospel to the entire, the entire world during the end of the Great Tribulation. Now, from other biblical script, other sources, I'd like to mention some more about end of time signs. They're not mentioned directly in what we've talked about. The most important sign, which is called a super sign, was the Jews returning to Israel this is pointing to Christ it's a regathering of them and this began in 1948 now not many people here were born in 1948 but in 1948 Israel was made a state again and they became from all across the world no nation in history has ever maintained their national identity for a period of 2,000 years. None. Only the Jews. Only the nation of Israel. Which is a testimony to the faithfulness of God because God told them in Ezekiel 36 and 37 that he would regather them to their homeland. Israel has to exist. Jerusalem has to be their capital. And the temple has to be rebuilt before certain other end of time 
events can occur. Israel is already a nation. President uh, Trump recognized them as the recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. So their remaining thing is to have the temple rebuilt. And they have a lot of that ready, okay? Another sign comes from Daniel 12, 4. It says this, it says, But it's for you, Daniel, conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. Now, when Daniel was receiving the visions from God, uh, he was told to seal them up. And basically why I think he was told to seal them up is because John revealed those in the book of Revelations because the Jews at that time when they were in captivity, they would not have understood the church or the church age. That was, they didn't, they just couldn't imagine that. It wasn't anything they could have understood what he was talking about. But there's a sign, it also mentioned a sign at the end of time that said travel would be easy back and forth and knowledge would increase. Today's cars, buses, trains, ships, airplanes, all make travel very easy. So there's an increase of travel. Computers, smart devices have made knowledge at the fingertips of most of the world, including the message I've written. I think the last time I heard that every 18 months, the knowledge of the world was doubled. Can you imagine that? It may be shorter now, but because of the internet, there's just the knowledge is just constantly being increased. Now, there's some other signs briefly that are mentioned uh, that I'd like to mention. The rise of Russia to a world power that that is you find that in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Money and labor conflict. That's in James 5, 1 through 6. Apostasy and occultism. Find that in 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 4. Scoffers, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Moral breakdown. 2 Peter 3, 1 through 12. The one world church, Revelation 17. And the one world government in Daniel 2. Everything but the, the one world church and the one world government seems like it's already present. Now there's other signs I'm not going to mention. So let's kind of get down to the end here. There have been many times in the past 20 centuries when it seemed that the Lord could return. And some have tried to tie down that date. All have failed. Because Jesus said only the Father knows that time however there has never been a time in history when as many of the signs that Jesus has mentioned here and in other places that are come to completion as there is today more signs than any time in history have been completed there is absolutely no way we'll know when this will occur. No way. But nothing lies in the way of the rapture. It can occur before we finish the service today. There are modern day
true prophetic pastors who are telling their congregation this message. Be ready because Jesus can come suddenly and once he comes, those who do not prepare and heed the warnings will face the most difficult time in mankind's history. I believe Pastor Alex spoke a week or so ago about the parable of the ten virgins. That's a perfect example of what he's saying. We have to be ready. We have to pay attention to the signs. For us to do, we need to share the gospel with anyone you can. And if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, don't wait till tomorrow. If you don't know him, you need to know who your Lord is. Because tomorrow may be too late. If the praise team would come forward, and I'd like you to bow your head and close your eyes. I'm sure that most of you have noticed that 2020 has been a very unusual year. Not only has the pandemic infected millions, killed hundreds of thousands, and drastically changed our day-to-day lives, but have you also noticed the strange number of hurricanes and tropical storms and flooding that America has experienced? What about the fires that have scorched millions of acres and they still rage in California and other western states? Unrest, anger, hatred is widespread in many cities in America. In Africa, parts of Asia and I've heard South America have been infested by by billions of locusts. Crop damage is so great that famine is undoubtable. So why is all this occurring now? America has continued to push God against God whom our nation was formed to follow. God has warned us, warned us, warned us, and is still warning us to turn back to him. If we ignore him, we will be judged. It's time for all the believers to kneel in prayer, ask for forgiveness, and repent of our sins. We need to pray not only for ourselves, but our families, our church families, for the lost. God is slow to anger, but he is a just God. Oppose him, and we will not like the consequences. Folks, it doesn't take 2020 vision to see to see that we're living in a sin-filled America. We've allowed God to be taken away from us. We call sin political-sounding names like personal rights or entitlements, and we blame our sin on the actions of others. We fail to take the blame for what we will ultimately be judged for, and the church is largely to blame for failing to stand up for the laws of God. Our government halls are filled with godless politicians that we've elected. 
So the church cannot expect the government to stand up for truth and justice. God will judge us finally, but he may also judge us as a nation while we remain as a sinful wife-to-be. It's time for us to turn away from the world's view and return to the ways of God. But revival must first begin with each of us. But there are rays of hope. A movement of revival may be starting in America. Two well-known evangelical men, Franklin Graham, the son of Billy Graham, and Jonathan Kahn, a Messianic Jewish rabbi and author of several books, led, both led revival movements last weekend. And they were viewed all across the world. A revival fire may start that Satan can't put out. Be in prayer for revival to start in your life as well as your neighbors, our church, our city, our state, our nation, and yes, even worldwide. God is still in control until he tells his son Jesus to go get his bride. We have the opportunity to witness and lead the, the loss to the foot of the cross. Today, if you do not know Jesus, please pray with me by saying this simple prayer in humbleness and truth and just repeat after me. Dear God, I am a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe you sent Jesus Christ, your Son, to live and die for my sins. I believe that he also rose from the grave to show the world that he has power over sin and death. Today I want to accept him as my Lord and my Savior and pledge to follow the ways of your word, the Holy Bible, as best I can. Thank you, Lord, for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Amen. Now today, if you said this prayer in honesty, you're now a child of God. Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and he's transferred his righteousness to you, and you are a child of God.